0: Hi everyone, this is Arthi from Human Chapters. I'll tell you a bit about the human chapters. Humans are living narratives with the past, present and future. These narratives constitute of a number of chapters across a lifespan. The aim of these conversations is to highlight a chapter of the narrative and unpack its connections to other chapters. I don't care whether people are natural storytellers but I truly do believe that each one of us has a worthy story to share. An acknowledgment to country. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we are. We pay respect to their tri- tribal elders past and present and emerging. We celebrate the continuing culture and we acknowledge the memory of their ancestors. And today, we um, our guest is Sarana. And Sarana's chapter is multidimensionality um so i'll pass it on to sarana to introduce herself go for it sarana
1: hi adi thank you so much for this um invitation to come onto your beautiful show and speak my truth i can tell you i'm shaking in my boots
0: (laughs) oh i'm so honored thank you
1: (laughs) but uh you know yeah time's right and um so i'm most people would know me as a photographer I've been a photographer around the an area for, well, I've had my own business for, it would be 15 years now. But before that, you know, I've worked as a photographer way back, you know, in the early 90s for Shep News and, you know, worked freelance for a really long time. So one of my strong, well, strongest identities is as a photographer and an artist and a mum and I've spent time in Dookie and I now live in Violet Town. Mm. And... Um, in the background has always been this other aspect to me that um, we're gonna talk about today and that is um, multidimensionality.
0: Beautiful. So Sarana, tell us the meaning of multidimensionality and the why did you choose this chapter? It's a bit of a journey. Okay.
1: All we are, um the, the multidimensionality really is just, it's expanding beyond, you know, the human being being more than body
2: mm-hmm.
1: and mind, that we are body, mind and soul and that our soul is actually infinite and infinitely intelligent and that we have access to that intelligence and many different aspects of that intelligence. Yeah. And so multidimensionality for me is moving through into that, that um, sacred soul self and um, being guided. Um, and so the reason why I'm talking about this chapter today, and I was like, when you invited me to um, talk about a human chapter, I'm like, you know, oh, please, please, please let it be talking about camel racing or something that, you know, people are gonna find really interesting. You know, <laughs> but it was just like, mm, you'll be talking about, you know, um, this thing that you do, which actually is, um, I'm a, um, an initiated medicine woman of the Native American tradition. Um, of which is a part of my ancestry. Um, And uh, yeah, so I I had a a huge sort of awakening, I guess around 2000, I can't even remember now, 17 or 18. In that, um, you know, my ancestors came through really strongly (laughs) and I thought I was going a little bit mad. (laughs)
0: Um, Sarana, tell us about that moment. What? How did they come through, and what? What happened?
1: Well, I I'm just going to turn my phone off. It's making noises, so it won't be ticking. I should have done that before now. you right.
0: I'm just
2: going
1: to put it away. In- So what happened was, was that um, back when I was a teenager and I was really into horses and show jumping and all that kind of thing, I had a really bad accident where I I came off a horse and landed face first into a fence post. And um, it, uh, it did a lot of damage, but it wasn't tended to when I was younger. And so as I've got older, you know, I started to have severe headaches and I had tests, and you know, basically, it was like, well, actually, you need to be operated on. So several years ago, I had the first operation. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, all the damage sort of really deep within my skull, and um, and it left me without cartilage in my nose. So I had um, a nose that was quite flat, which is fine, but um, then there were health issues with that. It was affecting my breathing. So back. I think it was around 2000, yeah, the end of 2017, um, the doctor said, you know, we're going to have to, the specialist said, we're going to have to, what we're going to have to do is actually take some of your rib out, um, cartilage from your rib, and put it, reconstruct your nose so that you can breathe properly. So um, I knew what I was in for because I'd already had one operation that was horrendous. And I so I basically went within to prepare myself for the severity of that Operation, and um, and I'd been really busy, you know, with um, photography, and I was also working as a practitioner at Horses for Hope okay. um, in the and um, and so I really just pulled up a lot of stumps and went, you know, just started to slow down, started to um, meditate, started to, and I also had this really strong feeling. Um, that this was not only a physical remembering, but, um, but it was a metaphysical remembering as well. So I was sort of this idea sparked within me to set the intention within this surgery mm-hmm. that it was going to be um, a metaphysical healing as much as it was a physical healing. And I didn't know what that meant.
2: Yeah, I was just about to
0: ask. Yeah.
1: What's um, this? I just always felt like, you know, growing up. I mean, I had a beautiful family and a very blessed life growing up on a dairy farm at Cassandra. Um, but I always felt like the last bird of my kind, that I, I didn't really um, function in the same way that other people function, and I wanted to figure out what that was. Um, mm. And so as we were going, to the surgery, my husband was driving and we pulled out onto the Hume freeway. And we, we pulled right behind this big truck that had, you know, a white a white back with a rainbow winged horse painted on, on the back of the truck. And I just thought, well, that's a really nice omen. So this is so gonna be all okay. You know, the surgery is gonna be okay. You know, maybe this whole, you know, reconnection to something metaphysical is gonna come through too. And um, and a bit further on, I looked out the window just near you, and I'd never seen it before, even though we live in this area. This sign that said Phoenix, it just flashed past. And it was just so bizarre that I saw this sign Phoenix through the trees. And then I heard clear audiently, like La- I'd never experienced that before. It was like a voice, really clear voice that said, meet your grandfather. And I was like, okay, we're driving in the car down the Hune. And uh, and I was thinking of my pa, my beloved pa, you know, my actual grandfather who died 20 years ago. And I was like, Well, maybe I'll just go into meditation and see what happens. So I said to Bruce, Hey, look, I'm just gonna do some meditating. And he said, Yeah, that's fine. And as soon as I closed my eyes, I saw, you know, um, uh, and it's someone waving in the background it was an elder man and he was waving in the background and he was Native American and I was like I can see you and I was a bit surprised because I was expecting my path not this fella and uh I said I can see you but you're a long way away you know what can I do and he said just reach out your hand And I, as I reached out my hand he just like sort of like bounced in and out of me it was really bizarre and then he and then he apologized he said I'm so sorry he said I didn't mean to do that I'd never been called to you before and then he just wrapped this blanket around me and held me and I swear it was visceral wow absolutely visceral and um and he explained to me how um you know they're that they'd been through, you know, incredibly difficult times, and how their baby had been, you know, taken from them, and um, that I'm a descendant of that baby, and um, you know, explained the story of how it all happened. Um, that this, that their child had been uh, raised to believe that they were Spanish, and that their parents had moved to Australia um where you know she wouldn't be discovered basically she was becoming as she got older curious yeah of her actual you know family <laughs> and they they moved here and so he told me all of this and I was like well what about my grandmother you know and he said mm-hmm. that she was deeply wounded and that she still is experiencing the trauma of that even now and um and he said you can try and call her in and I I so I I, I called for her and she came in and she had a totally different vibe to him. He was very loving. Yeah. He was very loving and she was very direct. And she just uh, looked me in the eye and said, you're a descendant of the Native American people, you know, do your research and get into it, basically. <laughs> you know, stop <laughs> mucking around. And, um, and, uh, and I asked what tribe. And I'd never heard it before, but, um, but they were trying to tell me. But there was sh, sh- something sh-sh-something. I couldn't, I knew there was three syllables and, and um, you know, anyway, I looked into it and it, it's the Shoshone, it's the Shoshone people. So to cut a long story short, they they really have helped and supported me through a lot. You know, it's almost like the moment I met them, shit happened in my life. Wow. Really big time. Like, you know, I came out of that surgery and ended up, you know, in court, you um, is you know with a custody issue, and um, you know, and I was scared, and, um, and they really helped me to stay strong. Yeah. They offered the most incredible advice, um, yeah. and they, they got me through with wisdom, with incredible wisdom that I couldn't have come up with. Um, and, and anyway, after sort of all of that happened. Uh, almost actually during that i really did think i was going mad you know okay so <laughs> what's going on here but i do have a friend I, I knew of a man no i wouldn't have called him a friend at that stage but i knew of a man in melbourne who is a native american shaman
2: okay. um,
1: he's also a theater director and so i i found him i contacted him and i said look i've, I've got this stuff happening and i'd really like to come and talk to you about it you know, and I did, and I told him, and he was quite astounded at how accurate a lot of w- everything that my my ancestors had been telling me was geographically, you know, cultural information. Um, the kind of advice they were giving it was um, it was it was really accurate, and um, and I <clears throat> and he he at that point offered me an apprenticeship to, to um, help and assist, he said, because sometimes you don't get a choice, you know. It's, I, I went to him with a, with a big list of reasons why I thought I was mad, and he said, no, it's textbook shaman, he said, you know, so basically um, tucked me under his wing and helped me out, and still does to this day.
0: That is incredible. Oh, my goodness. Um, how do you spell the name of the Native American tribe you mentioned?
1: S-H-O-S-H-O-N-E.
0: Beautiful. Wow. Tell us more, Sarana.
1: <laughs> well, you know, that was that was the that was the beginning of my multi-dimensional experience because mm. um and you know it was hard because it's not within our framework, our cultural framework. To be talking to ancestors unless of course you know you're considered nuts yeah um but you know having um you know the help and assistance of john paul whose spiritual name is eagle heart mm. um, has really helped me because he just makes this stuff so normal it's just so every day to him it's every day it's it's yeah. not unusual at all you know he came to this property and he was walking along and there was a horse in the paddock next door and he goes did you hear what that horse said to you i'm like no <laughs> <laughs> you better, you, it's it's you know it's got something to say you better you know tune in <laughs> just, you know so that's the sort of friendship that i have with him and, and that sort of stuff is totally real to him You know, interdimensional communication is is a, absolutely a thing and it is to a lot of you know um shamanic people yeah. um yeah, so um, Yeah, so he's a, he's a wonderful a wonderful support and you know I often consider how incredible it is that he's around and that he can help and support me. His yeah. um, first uh, teacher was an Inuit woman in Canada and then he was passed from grandmother to grandmother as a shamanic elder yeah. woman. Um, all across uh, North America, South America, Europe, you know, even into countries like Scotland. That was his apprenticeship was being passed from grandmother to grandmother and living with them and learning from them. Yeah. And they still guide him today even though they've all passed over.
0: Wow. So, Sarana, when, when you said that he took you under his wing, what did that look like? So, you know um, I'm just trying to think about it from a very lay perspective going what were you learning and why were you learning these things and where where were they actually taking you um, or that sort of perceptive uh, learning as well
1: yeah yeah well it's just, it was it was jumping in the deep and it, he just sort of was like okay well what do you he was just starting to ask me you know we would go in when I say go in it's like a meditation he's like well you know he would just ask me what I was seeing and what they were doing and um and also um it was quite structured within you know the medicine wheel um the Native American medicine wheel okay. um, and seasonal um occurrences such as you know equinoxes and yeah. Um, solstices, and um, he's also a sacred pipe keeper of the new moon. And so, we would get together once a month for a new moon ceremony. Yeah, and I now do those myself. Um, sometimes they're private, sometimes they're public. Just, mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll open it up if the time's right and if you know if it's appropriate to do so. Yeah, I make it um, a public thing. Um, so I'm just sort of, that's just, it's, my, it's become my spiritual practice. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's something that I really enjoy. It helps me to stay healthy. Yeah. Because at these times, you know, it's good to be able to really uh, tune into your not only your physical body, but your emotional body, your mental body, your spiritual body.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you talked about that sort of infinite, intelligence um within the different aspects Um, and did you mean was it infinite intelligence within different aspects of the soul or what
1: yeah well um we have a we have a highest self which is our soul self you know i i posted something on facebook a couple weeks ago which was you know we don't have a soul we are a soul we have a body
0: (laughs) yeah yeah
1: and um and so that soul self is, is eternal. It's connected to uh, earth intelligence. It's connected to cosmic intelligence. And the different aspects of our soul selves are our helping spirits. Yeah. So for me, it's ancestors. And I also have, you know, various animals that pop in, you know, and help and guide me, especially in journeys. Um, and and so really, I mean, they are an extension of ourselves mm. because we're connected to all things.
0: Yeah, that's that's incredible. Um, and then so all of this sort of began. Was it twenty eighteen? Is when it all started.
1: Really fired up. I always, knew, I always. It was a spiritual yearner you know i was always yearning for this kind of work i was always yearning for this kind of knowledge um Mm. this kind of you know connection to um the earth's elements you know and the intelligence that's within them um and you know, like I, I moved up to Northern Territory when I was in my early 20s because I really wanted to find what I've got now, a spiritual mentor, you know, someone that could, mm-hmm. they could help me. It's like, you know, I, I know there's more going on here. I just, I, I just don't know how to, how to framework it. Yeah. Um, but I, I didn't find that. I found working with camels and working as a jillowoo on cattle stations. But um, I also learned to listen to the wind out there too because yeah. that place is so untouched and it's so still very deeply ancient that the wind will direct you literally you know, literally, it'll it'll let you know if you shouldn't go somewhere
0: <laughs> yeah um i'm going to put a stop. so for anyone that is actually watching and if you're wondering why my head is down um quite frequently i'm taking notes um <laughs> And I always do this, and I've never actually thought to explain why my head is usually down and not looking. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh yes, that's right. <laughs> listening to the wind. We will come back to this part of listening to the wind, but can you tell us a little bit about your um, your ancestry and the tribe and? Your, your strong connections that have come out during your journey.
1: Well, that's the thing. They've come out more during the journey um, because it is back several generations. Yeah. Um, and, you know, everybody has become very disconnected from all of that. And also there were a lot of secrets and a lot of records that were not kept. And, um, and so, you know, that's one thing that my, my grandfather says, you know, that these things, um, they can be re-woven back together, you know, in when it's like the fourth dimension. You know, the third dimension is very physical, but the fourth dimension is where thought and, um, you know, thought frequency basically begins that process of weaving it into the physical.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, at the fourth dimension can get a bit messy too because all of our... <laughs> Fears and anxieties are in there as well. So, you know, beyond that is the fifth, which is um, more connected to, you know, um, more pure. Um, yeah. so knowledge yeah. and wisdom. Does that make sense? Am I, am I answering? Yeah. You? I can't even remember your question. What was the question? <laughs>
0: so, um, the. Oh, yeah,
1: that, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, How's that? yeah. so it's. It's, um, he also said to me, you know, to try and go back through, you know, bloodlines and records of that, it, you might as well, you know, take a pit and go outside and start digging for gold. You know, that's, you will consume your life. Yeah. You can do it that way, or you can just trust what you're hearing, what you're receiving, and that through just the actual communication itself, so much is being woven back together
0: wow and when you when you're talking about this communication is it communication between the dimensions the third fourth and fifth that you mentioned or is it um, communication between sort of physical entities or what sort of
1: well communication with them with my ancestors would be, you know, I guess, you know, in the higher dimensions. Yeah. It's in the higher dimensions. But through me being here in 3D world, <laughs> um, having that connection and having that communication is actually weaving things together. It's repairing a terrible wound, a terrible wound.
0: Um. Do you mind me asking about the terrible wound and um, what that is?
1: It's stolen. It's stolen um, generation.
2: It's it's stolen, uh, you
1: know, cultural connection,
2: Mm.
1: stolen family lineage. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: You know, it's all of that. So um, it's just making things, it's just smoothing things out, I guess, from a higher dimension, if that makes sense.
0: Yes. And my other question, Sarana, was when you started searching after that first meditation um, where you met your grandpa um, Mm -hmm. and you started searching for things related to your ancestry and this particular tribe. Where did these searches take you? And what was that particular journey? What did that end? It,
1: it actually didn't, I didn't really go very far into it. Okay. Only that, you know, when I when I realized it was the Shoshone people and um and that I looked at photos of them, I had goosebumps all over my whole body, you know. Wow. And and then things just sort of like I said, in, 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 my, in my life at that point, like literally the next day after meeting them, things changed very rapidly. And so I was completely consumed for, you know, over a year in just managing the wildness of that ride.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and in that time I met with uh, John Paul Eagleheart, And so um, I, it's something that I've sort of put on the back burner, really. I feel that, and and they assure me that, you know, that it's being figured out in ways that I can't even comprehend. Wow. And so I'm not even attempting to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. That is pretty amazing. And um, I've just written in my book the wildness of that ride. What what was the ride? What sort of things? And again, you don't have to mention everything, but just some of the things that changed drastically for you, um, what were they and how did you start to comprehend or process?
1: Well, it's interesting because, you know, it was all about, you know, meeting them was all about learning, you know, how um, they were separated, you know, Um, and then, you know, the, the next day I had a phone call from um, my son's primary school from the principal saying, I, you know, I think that your son's dad has enrolled him at a school interstate and he had. And um, so Mm. all of a sudden it was that, that sort of was a reality in my life too. And in a sense, and um, yeah, and it was quite a difficult journey for everybody involved. Um, And I knew that, you know, it was a deep karmic correction. Mm. Um, And so I took it every step of the way as a spiritual journey. Um, Any fear or anxiety that I felt, I sat with that. I didn't, you know, it's so easy to react and go, you know, And just throw stuff out that creates more fires through our thoughts, through our words, you know, through our actions. So, you know, whenever I felt deep fear and deep anxiety, I sat with it until it burned no longer, (laughs) until it literally transmuted into something much lighter. And my, um, my ancestors were saying to me, you know, when you're in conflict with someone, deep conflict, don't look them in the eye. Because if you look them in the eye, the conflict will just keep bouncing back between you. So turn away if they, can, if they come up to you and look at the ground or look somewhere else and speak your truth into the earth. And um, I can't tell you how much that helped because I was so, um, my, my physiological response, you know, was huge. Yeah. And, um, and so that even just imagining myself turning away, mm. it helped me to settle and calm what was happening for me. Yeah. And, um, and when, you know, it came time to, well, I had to speak my truth or I was going to get sick. I was told that. Mm. And that was very hard. And um. And when it came time to signing, you know, the affidavits, it was very much, well, yeah, this is is like, you know, it's a 3D thing. It's, you know, it's a real-life thing that you're signing, but it's also a spiritual contract. Mm -hmm. So when you sign it, make sure that every page that you sign, you affirm what that spiritual contract is. So as I'm signing the Mm -hmm. affidavit, I'm like... I agree to ending this karmic contract (laughs) i agree to uh, ascension i agree to uh, my multi-dimensional um you know connections you know i was whatever it was that came through at each page i i signed all that off on a spiritual level yeah
0: that's incredible um to hear you say sarana and I wanted to ask, when you say that you sat with the deep fear and anxiety until it transmuted into not nothingness but into almost a very low flame, what what was that process like? I'm, I'm questioning the intensity of it.
1: Oh, man, it was intense. So I can usually, that's at the point where you light up a cigarette or pour yourself a wine, you know, it's just like, no, I, didn't, yeah. I don't smoke anymore, but back then I did. It was just like, no, I'm just going to take myself away yeah. be responsible for this feeling and sit and feel where it is in my body. Mostly it was around my heart, you know. Mostly, and I would just study where, where it was in my body and I would study how it made my body feel, how it made my body contract. I kind of deep up, departmentalized—is that the word? Um, decongested the the sense of how my body was reacting to those feelings, and by sort of witnessing it from that very methodical point of view, yeah, it would soften. It was almost like you know it needed to be witnessed.
0: Yeah. Wow, so around the head, um, almost that act, acknowledgement that yes, you're here, um, and just yeah, staying with that. Yeah, that's incredible. Okay, so from from that example, what other things started to happen? Um, probably even in the in a positive light or again, in that intensity that you noticed um, it to be different from prior to 2018?
1: Well, as far as all of that is concerned, you know, there has been an enormous amount of healing. Yeah. You know, there there isn't that response and that reaction anymore. There is actually genuine friendship, you know, um, that was never there before. But it required a lot of work. Yeah. Um, and also, I think another thing that sort of really stemmed for that was the the value of um, of ancestral healing because we carry you know in our DNA the trauma of our ancestors mm-hmm. often, especially if it's not you know if it's still a deep wound, yeah, when they pass on, you know um, And so I began to realize that um that it, it's not just me, you know, it's, it's an ancestral pain. Mm. Um, and it's something that everybody, I think, ha- has and carries. So I began to be aware of ancestral healing and my ancestors helped me with that, especially my grandmother. Yeah. You know, I used to get reoccurring dreams. Of, of losing my child, children you know like i would be in a supermarket I, in the dream i would be in a supermarket and i'd lose the trolley and my child would be gone you know or I'd be walking down the street and they would just disappear like these dreams were they were. they've happened all my life um and i eventually got really wild with them it's like i do not want these dreams anymore <laughs> you know what is going on here and um and so and then my you know my grandmother actually came in and said you know when you have these dreams, you know, there are ancestors who are calling out for your help, you know, ancestors that have lost their children.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, And so she showed me how to, you know, um, look into the eyes of, and I can see very clearly, you know, with my inner eye, you know, of, of these women or men, you know, who come up and who are carrying this grief. And um, and to see the um, the iron moon of despair reflected in their eyes. And to and to and to watch it until it turns into a shining sun. And when it turns into a shining sun, they just disappeared. There.
0: Wow. And Sarana, is that the repair that you're talking about? Yeah, um, that's
1: exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. um, That's right. That's part of the repair.
2: Yeah.
1: Is ancestral healing. Um, They say if you heal the past, you can change the future.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That is so fascinating listening to it, um, to your experiences from that first meditation and how it's actually unfolded for you. did you continue to see your grandpa and grandma, sort of frequently after that meditation, or um, how did how does that work?
1: No, they're not always around. Um, yeah, less and less actually, less and less. Sort of as I'm finding my strength in this um, realm, um, they're very supportive, and they and often I'll call them in for <laughs> just like. I just don't know what to do about this thing and they're just their advice is outrageously brilliant you know like it's not something I could ever come up with it's so um just yeah, deeply wise and um yeah so I I feel them sometimes but it's mm-hmm. not all of the time um I guess my, you know, I have two worlds, and we all do, really. We have the external world and we have our internal world. Yeah. Um, and my internal world, you know, is, um, is broadening and expanding, and I'm um, expanding my friendship group as far as, you know, people who um, get that totally. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, there's this sort of, you know as there's this ex, uh, expansion sort of on in the outer world as well,
2: mm.
1: that's 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 in the form of um, a beautiful group of friends and that we work that I work with together in this way, and we go on, you know,
0: that's amazing. Um, and the other thing you mentioned, Sarana, is you're an initiated medicine woman. Tell yes. us, tell us a bit about that. What How were you initiated um, or what does that actually entail?
1: Well, when um, John Paul offered me an apprenticeship, Mm -hmm. I did 12 months of going through the medicine wheel um, cycle. And um, so it was from the the summer, uh, the point of summer to the point of summer. And, Mm -hmm. um, And at the end of that, there were, you know, there were lots. There was lots of learning. There was lots of, you know, question and answer time. There was lots of. Uh, we did a sweat lodge and we did a, a vision quest, mm-hmm. and then, um, yeah. So basically, at the end of that twelve months, um, he's, he's still guided by the grandmothers that, who were uh, all passed over now, but they're still like all around him, and yep. um, and so they. I was initiated at Mount Buffalo um where you know he did, did the whole it's like a baptism really he poured water over my head and the mm-hmm. grandmothers told him a name that a spiritual name that i would have which is white feather yeah and um and and that was it so there's it like off you go you're out the nest now you're on your own
0: wow that's amazing His spiritual name is white feather and then once you did complete the 12-month apprenticeship, where did it take you from there?
1: Um, well, that actually, you know, it's, it's just to me it's ongoing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still learning every day, you know. Um, I didn't really, I set up a website, like, because I felt that I needed to ground it in somehow. It's called mm-hmm. White Feather Medicine. Um, and, yeah, so I basically just have uh, – it's a spiritual practice for me now. It's a spiritual practice. And sometimes I help and assist people who are really curious, you know, and yeah. want to move into, um, you know, this kind of – some people are really drawn to uh, this kind of thing and there's no real um as to how to manage it.
2: Yeah.
1: So I really like to help people, you know, in that as much as i can
0: sure and what sort of medicine um practice is it sarana
1: well for me i mean that was part of the vision quest was i had to ask what my medicine is you know and Mm. and what i got was that it is the life force that runs through all things and um and so basically it's a lot of energetic Healing yeah. is a word that we could use or um, cleansing. You know, like we all are very good at washing our bodies and our hands, but we don't wash our <laughs> energetic bodies. Yeah. You know? So I, I help uh, people to understand how they can do um, energetic. Um, I guess you can cleanse your energetic field as well, you know, which helps to stabilise your nervous system. You know, it helps mm. to stabilise your, and strengthen your immunity as well. Yeah. Because it's all energy.
2: It is. Yeah.
1: Wow. A lot of guided meditation. Yeah. Yeah. In, in the work that I do with people and that's what comes through for them.
0: Mm. Mm. Absolutely. And the other thing you mentioned was the earthly elements and listening to the wind. Tell us a little bit more about that sort of intuition or active listening of sorts. What?
1: Well, yeah. back when I was in um, the, the Central Australia as a young adult and I was working um, on a cattle station and my job was to re-educate um, their stock horses or, and you know, breaking wild ones basically and because they wanted to set up a tourist camp on their property and they just like literally flew a plane to find these horses that had been out in the bush for several years without any human contact and had pretty rough human contact anyway when they were in work. Um, And they, you know, put these 30 horses into a yard and that was my job was to work them so that they would be, I had a month to make them as quiet enough that you could put... You know, teenage girls from Tokyo on them. Wow. And so it was, it was basically riding horses from dawn to dusk and just teaching these horses to walk. It's okay to just walk. You don't have to be running in a split-ass gallop chasing cows. You can just walk. It's all right. And you can walk on a loose rein. That's okay too. We can just relax together. <laughs> so I had to rewire these horses' brains. And, um, and it was an incredible job because. I got to explore the most remote, ancient, beautiful place. Mm. Um, you know, you can stand on a hill and the whole horizon there were no fences, no um, power lines, you know, no, no roads. Mm. That was a big open space. And like I said, the, the land is still able to speak. And I would I would go to turn down like you know a nice little valley. I'd see a beautiful little valley, and the wind would just be, it would just come up and just go like this. And I would go, you get a feeling it's like okay, I won't go there, you know. And sometimes you know I would I would it, it would be quite still, and this and a little wind would just sort of just guide me around this way and show me something beautiful.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I learned then to listen to the wind. And, you know, I, I worked there for about a year. And when I went to leave um, that job and somebody else took over, they, they would have thought I was crackers. I was like, you know, when, you, when you're when you riding out here, um, you do listen to the wind because it tells you where you can and can't go. And, of course, they were like, that's greedy bullshit. I'm not going blah, 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 blah. And you're like, <laughs> what are you talking about? And, you know, within the first ride that the next person took out, they came back with one of the um one of the clients that was on the trail ride with them um the horse shied and and the client had like a mulga stick in their leg which is a poisonous wood (laughs) so the horse shied and shied into this mulga tree and the branch went into one of the client's legs and um you know and these things just kept happening. You know, I, I kept saying to them, "You have to listen to what is a good place to go and what isn't." And um, anyway, they didn't. And it wasn't long before they they just set the horses free again because there were so many accidents that yeah, I never had one in the time that I was working.
0: Wow. So, this might seem like a really silly question. How do you listen to the wind, like? Do you just have to stay completely still, or be open to it?
1: How- well, it's interesting. I was thinking about the wind, you know, today. In, in you know, because air, air is is every one of these elements has a healing property. I mean, mm. air, of course, carries the gift of trees, which is the gift of life to us.
2: Yeah,
1: it's oxygen. You know, we we don't survive very long without it. It's a powerful medicine. Yeah. Um and it's um you know, I guess really getting into the depths of of, of shamanic thinking is that this is that the the wind is able to communicate with us, Mm. as is water, as Mm. is earth, as is, you know, fire. All those elements are able to be used. Yeah. Healing. Um, You know, we can we can consciously bring, especially at the moment with everything that's happening, the um the healing properties of air into our bodies, you know, Mm. and cleanse our bodies and remember that it is a gift. Yes.
0: Absolutely.
1: So, but like you're saying, um, it's a lot, of, a lot of that is intuition too. Like if you go outside and you feel a little wind and you feel it and it feels so soft and beautiful on your face, I mean, your heart will tell you that that is a really precious thing, you know. You yes. just got some love from the wind right there, you know. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it is. It's, it's linking in with your intuitive ability as well. And you can refine that. You can really refine it. If you want, you can go out and you can ask the wind a question. Wow. And see what comes back.
0: And um, it almost has this alignment to mindfulness in a sense. And actually. Absolutely. Yeah, really feeling all of those elements within the space you're in.
1: Yeah, definitely. And connecting to them. Mm. And it's a very healthy thing to do because you know, I mean, we, we can connect into the nightly news. <laughs> that's it's kind of, it's kind of like
0: it is. It's yeah. a yeah, yeah. Whether it's positive, negative, neutral, we can connect to it. Yes, um, and that's really that has something um, quite powerful in that connection to go, yeah. Then with other sort of realms or something, almost having a bit of that trust in connection.
1: Yeah, that's right too. Yeah, There is healing in, you know, the earth. If you think about it, this earth, this mother earth that we walk on, Mm. she's a cosmic temple in our universe. You know, she's all about um, regeneration. You know, she Mm. doesn't have this sort of program of death and decay she has the program of the exact opposite she just constantly rebirths and regrows and renews and regenerates and you know that's available to us
2: yeah
1: as a medicine if we tune into that fact
2: that it's life-giving and it's
1: life-force-giving save we the really of batteries with that stuff <laughs> yes
0: yes yeah life giving that's amazing so um sarana we've discussed a fair amount but is there anything you have wanted to say that i haven't even thought to ask or delved into
1: no i think it's been a really beautiful conversation Thank you, Adi
0: you're very welcome um, it's been yeah it's so fascinating listening to your journey um, and listening to it as a first timer going that's an extremely unique experience but to be able to for you to go through it and then be able to articulate it thank you so much That's really amazing um, how has this Sort of impacted. We know the impact on you, but uh, but you also talked about the generational trauma, um, and you talked about repair. Thinking about your children, how is how has it been for them or your family?
1: Well, they're very very accepting of it, actually, incredibly so. Um, and you know, I don't like to impose any of this on them yeah. you know but they're welcome to join in ceremony or um you know sweat lodges and whatever is going on yeah um, but it's just it's just a very natural part of their reality yes which is really beautiful yeah. um my daughter is 24 now and she's very much on a, in, on this path too so that's yeah. exciting as well to be able to share this you know with my daughter yeah Zach is 14, he's not there, but that's totally, But he's totally accepting of it. And my husband is deeply supportive. Yeah. That, Even though it's actually quite challenging for him, you know, Yeah, because it is different.
0: Yes, absolutely. That is so amazing. And did you have any key takeaways for anybody listening to this from anywhere in the world?
1: Yeah, and I think it's what I was saying before, you know, you are mind, you are body, and you are a very unique and beautiful and divine soul that has an intelligence and that you can access. Yeah. And enjoy the medicines of the earth because they are powerful.
0: That's awesome. Thank you so much, Sarana. And guys. We will wrap this up now, but for anyone watching this, please feel free to share Sarana's chapter um, with your friends, family, whoever might resonate with it. Um, And thank you guys in advance for connecting and engaging with this chapter.
1: Thanks, Adi.
0: No worries. You're very welcome.